and welcome to a Taylor's Tales podcast. This is Chris's Corner. I'm your host, Chris Taylor, and I'm back this week with a brand new podcast. This week, I'm speaking about the warrior archetype. We've spoken before about the king archetype of the uh, king, warrior, magician, lover sequence of archetypes of the human being. This week, I'm carrying on that series, and I'm going to dive in deeper into these characteristics that, for me, I'm fascinated by. I know I use that word on a regular basis, and it will continue a theme throughout these podcasts but I am genuinely interested in these areas of of who we are as human beings and and why we do the things we do and you know that we are still have these fundamental factors to us that bring out certain characteristics energies and are maybe somewhat less acceptable in today's day in today's age so the warrior archetype itself, warrior starting with it containing the word war within it. So the definition of, of the warrior archetype is in itself conflict and waging conflict, waging war. Um, and it doesn't necessarily mean like physically waging war. That would have been the old days. We would have waging war. The warrior archetype would be the warriors of the armies and they would be um, consistently fighting and battling and the best warrior was the man who stood the longest and had the most victories and nowadays in the in the west the warrior archetype is now looked down upon and has been voices uh, of today's society are screaming for the destruction of the warrior archetype and are instead looking for a more soft masculine rather than the strong masculine or the fullness of the warrior rather than the sadist or the masochist that comes with the sort of shadow warrior archetype we'll get into that though so so the what warrior archetype can be divided in two and then divided into again within the sadist and the masochist for the shadow archetype the warrior in his fullness and accessing that warrior is somebody who is able to have certain characteristics and that doesn't necessarily go too much within the shadow archetype the shadow archetype contains two sides you've got the sadist and you've got the masochist and i'll go into the definition for those two later but you know what is the warrior in himself well the warrior is somebody who goes out into the land on behalf of of the king in in this in, in this circumstance because a good king is a warrior lover magician and you know all in one but the warrior himself works on behalf of the king and he goes out and he searches the land and he saves maidens and he conquers uh, dangerous uh, dragons and monsters in order to expand the territory and to help the bigger picture other than himself and even in sacrifice of his own life or their or her life in that in, in any context and it's very easily misconstrued that the the warrior archetype is male it's not it's, it can be male and female this is a characteristic this is a archetype of every human being you have the ability to go into these so the, war, the warrior archetype also has another definition the warrior is depicted as the courageous hero and he's also depicted as a, a 
a physical representation of strength and prowess and the ability to stand up for the rights that that person believes in. So it's not just about conquering land and you know going on conquests and becoming Saint George or a saint in itself. It's about the ability to stand up for what you believe in. Now it's really interesting this warrior archetype because for me I genuinely think that at some point in my life I've definitely fallen into the shadow um, the shadow archetypes, especially the masochist in some ways, in where you, you, you know, it's it's really fascinating how the, the warrior in his fullness has this ability to control himself and has the ability to look into these characteristics and these aspects such as like loyalty and skillfulness and decisiveness, all of these things. But at the same time, he doesn't blame others and he doesn't like you know when you're accessing that full warrior archetype you become something much greater so what what uh, what is the mature warrior so what's the warrior in his fullness because this is the important definition because you've got when you're growing up as a kid we we in the west nowadays don't have this defining ritual of going from boys to men we used to in tribal sense have the ability to have when you're turning into a man when you become a man you know i, I don't know what it was back then i would have thought you know if it was in the younger years because back in the, the really tribal times, you were becoming a man at 13, 14, because you were going from being a child into the masculine, going through puberty and becoming a man. And they'd have these rituals where the boy would have to venture into some darkness, something dangerous, in order to get the tribal leaders to recognise him as a man and a member of that clan or that tribe. And so nowadays we don't have anything like that. We are sort of floating in this gray area as men and women for that matter and it's a difficult time because we don't know where we stand we can all say that we're doing we think we're doing the right thing but we don't necessarily know for a fact we can follow guidelines and we can follow the best ways of doing things and i'm going to read out some of the characteristics in a minute of the of the fullness of the warrior but we can't, up to this point, we've never been led by others. We've never, you know, we've got our parents, we've got the those in our community, but these communities aren't as tribal as they used to be. We don't know people as well as we used to. We don't, we don't know the land that we're on as well as we used to. There is less of a, more people are moving about. Because of that moving about, there's also this lack of community as well, within, especially within the Western society. It's kind of sad to see because obviously there's some lacking areas. I'm not one to judge. I genuinely have no stake in this at all. For me personally, I love the fact that I'm very close with all of my, my, my friends, my best friends. I consider them brothers because with brothers you can share anything and you can be open. And that's what I'm trying to create is a tribe, is you know a way to have people open the door to, to, to a new life where they they have a community they have something someone to talk to it's a very disconnected world we live in today anyway enough about that so the mature masculine we've talked about uh, the what the warrior archetype is and what the warrior does we haven't said like what it constitutes so what what sort of 
things does the warrior attend to and what do they do? Well, we know, you know, there's the Christian law that comes up. You've got many of the, you know, the Ten Commandments and all of those things. But the warrior archetype more resembles within, with a lot of the Eastern religions. It resembles, in Buddhist case, the Dharma. Uh, it resembles with the Tao as well. And it also resembles with uh, the Mahat, which actually have a lot more resemblance to the characteristics of the warrior. Because the Tao considers life in a way where whatever happens you have the ability to sort of control what you can and control what you can't. And it's it's really interesting. I get daily Tao quotes on a regular basis every day, and they always come up with a way for you to, to get some perspective, to really think about what's going on, you know, how things can get blown out of proportion pretty quickly. And it's very interesting to see this. Because we can all take little things and make big things out of them. So as the warrior, you're looking to to be more big picture, be more mindful. So, yeah. The spiritual and psychological path through life. That is what these resemble. That psychological ability to go through life without being phased by the external world. Because there's so much going on in the external world right now. There's so many things for people to get distracted by. It's very interesting to think about that because for me personally, you know, you've got social media, you've got YouTube, you've got all of these things which are great to some extent, but they're also distractors. They are, you know, look at this new content, new content, new content, new content everywhere. And you've got to think to yourself, like, you can only see so much. And on top of that, you know, there's a whole world out there that, not, you know, because we're in, we've all had COVID for the last year and a half, none of us have been able to see. And it feels like it's just within touching distance. So, yeah, enough going off on a tangent. The psychological path is very interesting. And these are the characteristics of the warrior. Purpose. Looking for that, you know, we talked about earlier the warrior going out on behalf of the king. When you have purpose in your life, when you have goals, when you have structure, it makes it so much easier to be able to gain that valuable insight in how you're doing. And I'm fascinated to see, you know, how people can just go through life and not have any goals and they just go and that's fine. But it's, it's really interesting to see. So a warrior has purpose. He's mindful. Or she's mindful. And mindfulness is difficult. Everyone talks about it. Everyone talks about meditation nowadays. I do myself. And we all talk about the ability to just detach and be thoughtful of others. But in the moment, in the moment. Can you truly say that you've done that? It's such a difficult thing because we can feelings and emotions determine that mindfulness. Adaptable. The ability to adapt to different environments, to be able to go into a different place and not be just completely lost. The ability to understand and go in and adapt. Adapting, right? Adapting 
has its limits as well. So something really interesting to, to adaption is like, you can go into a new place, right? And you can be there for months and you can get to it. But if, if there's a, a point where you can't understand something, you can't get to grips with it, it becomes harder and harder to be able to get beyond it. Language in this case can be that case. If you don't get the language, if you don't get, um, and you, you don't have a teacher to be able to show you the way, you can become more lost. So the adaption to an environment can work, uh, but sometimes as, as a warrior, it may not. Minimalist. I love this one. Minimalism has become a big thing in Western culture recently. Something that's been coming up uh, on YouTube a lot. I see uh, one of my, I'm a big fan of Matt Diavella, who has, has shown a lot around minimalism, like wearing less, you know, buying less clothes, buying less things. I myself totally agree with him. I've got rid of so much stuff over the past year and a half, minimalizing the amount of stuff I have, just getting it down to the stuff that I use on a daily basis, like books I read, the computer I use every day, the mobile phone that I, you know, I think my my phone's like 100 quid, like I don't invest in these things because I know they're going to get broken. Um, and for, for my laptop, like the laptop I have, I've had for five years now, and I invest in these things that I'm going to use on a regular basis. And I make sure that I don't buy stuff that is just not going to get used or thrown in the bin. It's taken me a very long time to get to that point. But it does, it works out for the best because clutter, man, clutter is the worst. I've seen it at the moment, like in the garage and in like, you know, when you, if you go into your into your home and you just look into the into the spaces where just there's things, it's yeah, it, it distracts you as well. It's another distraction. So minimalism is key to clearing your mind of the clutter as well as physical. Decisive, being decisive is difficult as well. Um, I spoke with one of my best friends, Alex Young, over the weekend, and he said it t it should take a a decision should be taken within three seconds. It should only take three seconds for you to decide to do something. After that, you've, it becomes harder and harder and you lose the ability to make that decision. It's a fantastic way of putting it. I've, it really resembles with me. And I, I think, if Ali, if you're listening, that's fantastic ad, ad, advice for, for people who want to make a decision on something, to get it in their head and to, you know, just go out and do. Because everyone does a lot of talking but not a lot of acting if you want to go do something do it if you want to run if you want to work out if you want to learn a new language if you want to go to a new place if you want to do a new job if you want to you know it, you it could become the other thing where it becomes sort of erratic and i totally understand that there is that it can become an erratic behavior, but also at the same time, you can become somebody who is an action person and people will start to respect you because they know you as somebody who is a person of action and is somebody who gets things done and isn't just doing the talking. Talkie, talkie. Skillful. Skillful is an interesting one, right? Because in in uh, the, like the warrior that you think of right you think skillful in the old days like sword bow the ability to wield you know all of these weapons and the ability to go and and go into the battles and have the ability to 
command men and, and, and that you know you consider all of those as skills but in today's society it's reading writing communication the ability to go on a computer and work it and and all of these things i'm genuinely interested in the monk lifestyle because if you want to apply the warrior archetype to something there is warrior monks and i always think to myself well they don't you know they don't have access to computers they don't do any of our social media and we didn't they don't have mobile phones and they don't have cameras and they don't do all of these things that we all do on a regular basis in the west and it's it makes me think what skill do they consider a skill you know what is a skill in that sense it does seem that skills all depend on the environment to some to some sort of extent but who knows, it's, you know, we can always just put it down to the ability to do and the ability to have the skills and the assets and the knowledge. Knowledge is key there to go into a new environment and have that adaptability we spoke, spoke about earlier and have the skills to do that. Loyal. Loyalty is hard to come by. Loyalty is very hard to come by nowadays. No one is loyal to companies. For good reason as well, because companies don't offer positive lifestyles, the majority of them. you If you hear the, 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 the sort of phrase, nine to five, a lot of people will think of that as a negative thing. It's because of corporations in that sense. And I'm not, you know, I'm not anti-capitalism at all. I'm very much capitalist. But they have made, they've become their own worst enemies. Because what they've done is they've made such an efficiency plan for companies nowadays, big companies, that when it comes down to the individual, you know, nine, nine to five just rings as, as, a, as a negative. So loyalty nowadays is just not built within these companies. It can be built within individuals within friendships. That's, you know, that it's great to see. But I do hear the within today's society as well people are more disconnected i will repeat that over and over again because i see it over and over again people saying that they have less friends and they have smaller groups of people which isn't a bad thing it may mean that the loyalty has increased but it's still fascinating to to think about how society is actually decreasing the loyalty uh, and not increasing it in the work side of things within friendships it can also become loyalty can be difficult as well you know a little bit of a, a statistic for the workplace i'm pretty sure that in order for somebody to be able to get a pay rise a significant pay rise you have to leave a company every two to three years in order to move on and, and go up higher in the hierarchy that doesn't build loyalty at all so we have created a system here where there is lacking in that area in the workplace friendships nowadays a lot of people are looking for something in return there's a lack of just being friends to enjoy to communicate to have things in common to do things together it's more about what can i get from this person what can i get you know how can i just chat and be the only one talking instead of gaining knowledge and gaining that ability to to learn from others so yeah i find it in, intriguing to say the least to to think about how loyalty is seen nowadays
being disciplined. Now, this one I, I love. Discipline, discipline, as Jocko Willink said, discipline equals freedom. And uh, that is, without a doubt, something to live by. The ability to get up, have a routine, a healthy routine. Health, routine that's going to help you, not hinder you. The best one for you as well, because I talk about my routine regularly. It doesn't necessarily, it's going to fit anyone else's. It's not a template. It's, you've got to figure it out for yourself to some extent. So there are, there's information out there. If you need help, ask for it. It shall be given. It's just the ability to look and f and f figure out for yourself before you, you know, move into that area of undiscipline where life is, a, you know, is consistently all over the place. You're wondering why things are going down the drain. Why me? Why this? Why that? And the truth is, is because you're not, you know, applying that discipline to your life and doing all the healthy things you know you should do. So yeah, discipline. So as well as discipline and the ability to continuously go through the motions and the ability to sometimes do things you don't want to do. I mean, to an extent, right? We all have to do things we don't want to do, but that doesn't mean you should be doing it for the entirety of your life. Life is for living. Yes, there are steps to get to places, but there's also being sane <laughs> and the ability to understand that, you know, you in certain certain steps are good for you. Certain steps aren't necessarily good for you. And you can be going around in circles doing the same thing over and over again, getting no results and wondering why, you know. So there's that. Then there's emotional detachment. And they go hand in hand, discipline and emotional detachment as well, because emotional detachment is about being able to, you know, be stoic, have that stoicism. Again, spoke about this with my best mate yesterday. It's really important, really important to be able to emotionally detach from a situation. And it's not easy at all. It's really difficult because all you want to do Sometimes if someone's annoying you, you want to, you know, shout, scream and all these things. You want to tell them the truth. I want to tell them all of these things that I want to think about. But the truth is, is that, you know, is it going to help the situation? Is it going to put you in a, you know, a good place? And mo the majority of the time, the answer is no. Um, we will talk about in a, in a bit the shadow archetypes of, of that characteristic because emotional detachment can lead into some really negative aspects as well. So there's that. So emotional detachment positive is the ability to do things on a day-to-day -day basis and not let the external, um, and when I say the external, I mean things you can't control affect you and allow the things that you can control to be healthy and for you to feel good at the end of it because and and yes there's a level of pain you have to take when it comes to like exercise and going through work you want you don't want to do and it sucks and it's grim and you're like i don't want to do this but you still have to do it anyway the ability to get through that is like a me mental toughening and it's yeah it is it is what it is sadly and you can't put it any other way <laughs> um Good examples of the warrior archetype. 
when you think of the warrior you think um in the movies of braveheart and you're thinking gladiator and you're thinking the um warrior from sorry tom hanks in the japanese movie in samurai and you're thinking about the last mohican you're thinking um obvious well the, the king archetype represents arrow on from lord of the rings but he also has that warrior archetype as well and so you've also got lots of different fictional characters who resemble this archetype who you can use in it as an example to become more full in that warrior aspect it's really it, you know really important to understand that there are good examples out there in, in fiction i love you know i do talk about a lot of non-fiction books i do read a lot of non-fiction books but my favorites uh, in fiction can have the similar aspect of, of going into the unknown slaying some some demons and becoming stronger on the way out so there is that and the more comfortable you are as well i have noticed this for me as well if i get into a comfort zone i start to degrade because you're in the same space i think um jim carrey said you know depression and boredom are your brain telling you it's time to change avatar and i really like that i really like that idea of the ability to switch between some some role some job some some area of your life that you've done you know you've got so much out of it and we all think and this is a common theme i've seen in society is that you know you work you eat you sleep you repeat you get married you have kids you die and you do a nine to five and you do 25 years of different companies or the same company or whatever you want and there's that standard way of living and it's just you know this just consistent buzz of you know gray and i love that jim carrey says that because the ability to change up to shake up that ball and see the the world change oh man it's so important and i think you know i felt that recently and i'm really intrigued to see where that feeling takes me so I'm looking forward to, to changing up my life soon as well. And with COVID uh, slowly being pushed back, I'm not, you know, I don't want to put anything on camera that's going to bite me later on, but I'm hoping for the best. I'm hoping that the world is going to change and therefore allow some new decisions to be made for like new life to occur. And that's, again, new life is something that the warrior protects new life and new new beginnings so there is that there's also characters like david goggins i speak about him on a regular basis he is the warrior in all essence he consistently goes to extremes but but he is the best warrior to look up to but he's also a little sadistic in some ways I say that not because I want to look down on his achievements, they're not. It's just that there's a level of emotional detachment there that's too far. And we'll talk, uh, you know, I'm going to talk about that in a second. Because we've got good examples here. Like in Braveheart, when you have a warrior leading you and you have this character who 
is saying, if you just had one chance to take your lives, they can take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom. And that's, you know, that line in itself and the energy and the example he sets for others, it makes people want to follow. And I think this is, again, we see this in the army as well, and these leaders, it's that the ability to be a captain in the army and go into a completely different industry and be able to adapt and go in and just do. I find it really interesting because there's a level of adaptability there of just being, a you know, you can't, you can teach a technical skill, but you can't teach leadership. And I've seen that, like the difference between a leader I've seen who was who was from the army. He didn't have any like his technical knowledge was down here. But I've met guys who are like technically up here, but their leadership is just you know you just can't you know there's it's non-existent. And so it's really intriguing to see how the good example of a warrior can set that standard for others. So. Moving on to the shadow archetypes. Yeah, I know. This is the darker side. This is the side we have to avoid. And we're going to start with the sadist. The sadist is somebody who takes emotional detachment too far. They have no understanding of those around them. They think that everybody should just get over it should just be able to get through the emotions, should be able to just take the pain and continue. They don't have any compassion. They treat everybody like a soldier. They treat everybody like they're part of their army and that there is no no compassion at all. It's the word that keeps coming up in my head over and over again because a good warrior, he has the ability to have all those characteristics but also at the same time doesn't take it too far. The sadist can be cruel. Even the most uh, vulnerable, he disdains the weak. A commanding officer in the army may try to rigidly run his family in the same way that he leads his troops. The sadist creates unattainable high standards for himself and the rows around him. When a child comes home with a less than perfect grade, a father influenced by the sadist will put her down and berate her mercilessly. A man with a positive warrior energy would have kindly shown disappointment, but then offered to help the daughter study for the next exam so he could ace it. This is it here. The ability to not get angry to not but to help as well if you want someone to get better you don't just tell them they're they're the problem you tell them how they can solve the problem and you can't just leave them on their own to try and figure out because the same will happen over and over again you have to be engaged you have to be there for that person it's very difficult to do because not everyone's willing to put that effort in that's how it is opens the door to the demon of cruelty the sadist opens the door to the demon of cruelty think about that for a second i always you know think about that as a kid the ability for an adult to get so angry they become that demon they become cruel i've seen adults angry i've never seen you know i've i've, I've never seen somebody truly be cruel out of just just doing the cruelty 
And I've seen horrors. I've seen bad people. But I've never seen that. Where children are the result. And it's out there. You know, you hear about it. You hear through the news and through society. But I've not seen it. The masochist. Now, this one, I think there's actually a more relatability in this one than there is in the sadist. The sadist is kind of psychopathic to some extent. And we don't have many of those in society. It's actually a very low percentage. But they are there nonetheless. Masochists, on the other hand, I think there's a higher level. Now, the mas- the definition of a masochist is actually somebody who enjoys cruelty. Like, uh, yeah, a person who's gratified by pain, degradation. That is self-imposed or imposed by others. In this case, I think what Robert Moore's described in this, in the masochist sense, is actually somebody who's been walked all over and then wants to inflict the pain that he's been, he or she's been walked all over by on others. It's as if somebody's been bullied and then they bully others because they've had that bullying themselves. It's that re- that's horrible cycle and doesn't talk about the pain, doesn't talk about the infliction of pain by others and instead just has it like a rebound you know you just reflect that pain cruelty with passion and the coward within so the masochist is also somebody who's genuinely has cowardice within them you'll see in movies and films and books and all literature that the character who's actually the most cowardly is also the most cruel Grimmauld Wormtongue's a really good one from The Lord of the Rings. He's cruel. He he takes pleasure in seeing others suffer. Um, And he, even in his love for somebody like Arwen, he uses cold, calculating words to almost degrade her into trying to love him. So there is that. That shadow archetype is there. And I think there's more of that in society. And people just feeling like, ooh. Poor me. Society's hurt me. Look at that. Oh, no. (laughs) Um, And it's not like that at all. It's not the world's fault that you're suffering. And it may not be your fault either. But if it's something you can control, control it. If it's not, then don't take it out on others. And I'm saying that to myself as much as I am to other people, by the way. This is very important because it's it's self-reflection. It's self Um, taking this ability to not take your energy out on other people is really difficult. It's something that takes a long time to be able to control. When I feel myself becoming out of bounds, I can feel that anger because I'm not able to be on the same emotional level as everyone else. Everyone else is happy and I'm not and I'm thinking about something. I have to go and either do an action, I have to do something like it, I need to work out, or I need to get rid of that emotion, and the best way to do that is either for me to put some work in, or to, to go work out, or to go to a new place for that matter, to go into a new environment and adapt and, and try something new, to be able to get rid of that, and I don't know if that's the right thing to do, but it's, it's something that I've worked out over time, so there's that. So those are the two shadow archetypes we've talked about those and i'm not i've not gone into great detail because each one of these archetypes has their own shadow archetype and each one of them has 
more and more detail and as we go into the, the other characteristics of the magician and the lover you'll see those as well and the series will conclude in almost like referring back to the king and the overall accessing of all of these archetypes in one so how do we access the warrior well we talked we talked about those characteristics earlier being loyal being detached being um, emotionally stable being uh, the purposeful person that you want to be the ability to be skillful to be take, making decisions on a regular basis one thing i do want to go back on decisions as well i said about making quick decisions earlier there can be the the shadow archetype of that as well where apparently we make decisions in our heads like all the time throughout the day and it's subconscious and so you're using energy like click 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 every time you make a decision and so there's like yes be decisive in those decisions but the shadow archetype is just like continuously making decisions and then going back on them and then replaying them and you're like all over the place because you're making decisions consistently and i only realized this when i was reading um a 30 days with the monks by jesse itzler and he was talking about how he'd come back from the monastery that he'd stayed in for 30 days and society was just so fast and he was so detached and so away from it that he didn't realize like how many decisions were being made and how much energy was being sucked from you because of those decisions so Think of that when you're thinking of the shadow archetypes as well, because there's also these characteristics can be reflected and have the other side to them. So as well as being detached, we're also compassionate and appreciative and gener generative, sorry, generative, what am I talking about? Generous and the ability to look at others and see where they're coming from, because a good warrior doesn't just fight for no reason. He fights for others as well as himself. Uh, or herself and it's it's very difficult to say you know it's easy to say that and, and not so easy to do because you know as a young person I don't have you know I've got my family I've got my friends and that's easy to say I fight on their behalf it's a lot harder when you have kids or when you have a wife and and you're having to fight through life on, on their behalf as well as your own and you have that responsibility so yeah, it's going to be much harder when I have that on my plans. We'll fight the good fight in order to make the world a better place. Now, that is something I am trying to do on a daily basis. Trying to continuously make the right decisions and do things that I think are going to help the world. There's so many things that I want to do. I don't want to just like continuously be in the same place. I want to go to different countries. I want to go do like like jesse did i want to stay in a uh, do a monk be a monk for a while because you know there's so many aspects of life that are worth diving into and we don't get enough time in life to be able to not make those decisions and not do those things i always think like what's the point in just having a taste of one pudding when there's so many puddings out there you know if you, it'd be like saying you're gonna, you know, you get a choice at the beginning. You're like, ah, oh, yeah, I'm just gonna have, you know, vanilla ice cream for the rest of my life, you know. When you, and you're, you're like, but there's so many flavors, and you don't try any of the others. You're just like, yeah, I'm stuck with vanilla. <laughs> like, what sort of life is that? You know, it's just, oh man, 
I'm just thinking about it now. It's crazy. So fight the good fight, but also have that ability to see the world as a, a you know a multicolored perspective, and, and and you're fighting for all of these aspects, not just the one that you're seeing. Our war making will be the creation of the new, and the just and the free. I'm gonna say that again. Our war making will be for the creation of the new, the just and the free. That's it, man. Conflicts, fights, the tough times, they're done to create new things, to fight for freedom, to be just, to do the the, the good things. Man, so unappreciated, like the freedom we have today. And it's so important to remember these things. So that is a lovely line to end on. Our war making will be for the creation of the new, the just and the free. I've said it three times. I would say it a billion times more because it's so important. So I'll end on that really positive note. This has been a Taylor's Tales podcast. This has been Chris's Corner. I'm your host, Chris Taylor. And this has been The Warrior Archetype.